January 27, 2021. It's the Watford Pedro Show.
Watt from Peter Show. Happy Tuesday. Start off with Blues to You. Take two alternate John Coltrane. Then we had Mellow Diamond. Shit, I forgot the D. You gotta fix that. <laughs> uh, from the, the past is Lo-Fi. And uh, you probably could hear some giggling, so you can tell I'm not man alone. I've been enabled through those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention to have with me today, Janelle Leppin. Welcome aboard, Janelle. Hi. Thanks yeah. so much. It's super cool. And we have to right away give big thank you to Anthony for making the connect. Yeah. yeah, people, he was on the show a few months ago, and uh, great, you know, getting to talk about his music journey, and he wrote me an email with a suggest, hey, you should get Janelle on here. So, Janelle, please bring your earliest musical recollection you have. Earliest musical recollection? Well, the most important one, maybe, would be when my twin sister had a cello between her legs, and I was like, um... I really like that thing. It's really cool. And um, she was sawing away at it. And I thought, maybe she's going to quit that. And she did. And then I took it on. Okay. Now, when I, I hear twin, she's your age then, right? So, yep. So many of the people, especially the experimental music people I've had on the show, are the younger sisters and brothers. Oh. That's a trip. <laughs> I just noticed that, you know, after 20 years of doing the show. And uh, maybe there's nothing to that, but, but, but this is the same age. Now, how did she get on an instrument and you didn't at the time? I had the violin. Oh, like, okay, you did. This thing is really loud and high-pitched, and we were, like, in a trailer at school with, like, 25 of us, and it was pretty awful. So. Okay, okay, okay. So you, you it wasn't like music was new to you. Well, let me ask, uh, in the pad you grew up, was there musical instruments? Um, there was like a guitar that had loose strings in the corner and, you know, kind of pluck around with it. But other than that, you know, I lived in a forest, so you heard a lot of forest sounds and nature, a lot of birds. My family didn't really listen to music a lot, so... Um, Although yeah. I, I, would, I would suggest that nature has its own kind of music in a trippy way. I would agree with you 100%. Like, John Cage brought that to light in the classical world, and he was right. You know, I'm in the harbor, right, Pedro? Mm. You're up, at, uh, what, 30, 40 miles north, by the foothills, right? Yeah. Okay, so I can sit by the water in the waves. I mean, there, there's a, kind of a pat. Yeah, it's, it's all trippy. It's just, I don't think scored, but... <laughs> I, I get into it like it's a, a, a kind of a, a music in a way. So l let me ask you, the violin and your sister with the cella at first, was this uh, by way of school? Yeah, we went to, we were born in Virginia, in Vienna, Virginia. So that's like a, a, a um, school county that had money to send kids to, you know, music class if they wanted to. We could take, up strings in third grade, which was super cool because, wow, you know, we didn't grade. have yeah. that. Yeah. And then in fourth grade, you could switch to band, which is what she did. So I, you know, grabbed the cello and she went on to like clarinet and, you know, but I mean. Well, first go, you were on you know, the violin. Did you get put on that or was it just a bad choice? Yeah. 
No, it was a good choice. It was. It just it was like a bit torturous, you know, because it's just so shrieky. When you first start, you know, you just kind of wrangling it and grab it like, you know, a bat or something. So <laughs> it's cool, though, because now I love music that sounds like that. So. Okay, it seems like the cella has a lot of violin range, and it's got bass range, too. It's a really wide-ranged instrument. Yeah. Yeah, intense. And then with the fifth thing, you got the drama of the violin going between the strings that we, us in the fourth world <laughs> don't have <laughs> as much. <laughs> We're more clustered around each other. Right. Yeah, so uh, that's some kind of technical listeners, talk listeners a little bit, but it's the way uh, how we got to get all our notes from four strings. Right. And the way they do it is they, they, they wait for the fifth interval to switch over, and we, we go a little earlier at the fourth interval. For example, I got the same note on all four strings with A and B, <laughs> but they sound different. Because they're, well, they're different uh, diameter and they're in a different part of the neck. Totally. It's, it's trippy. So I think the instrument what I'm trying to say is like it's even though we came up with a system to try to standardize sounds, they're not all uh -huh. created equal, and that's why I think nature has a say. Yeah, a big say I would say so. I mean, the quality of sound is different all over the bass. Right. I mean, right. I hear it, and then on the and cello too. The timbre is totally different. I was going like, to say this word timbre because no saxophones in the symphonies. Right. Right, because ah, eh, their notes are too whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, let me ask you: the first record you bought with your own money? Oh no! Um, Remember, it's well, a watch for Pedro show. There's no hard questions and no wrong answers. Right. Well, um, the first record I bought with my own money was probably like Smashing Pumpkins or something. To be honest, I loved those guitar solos, and I loved. The album was Siamese Dream, and I loved the drum fills, and, you know, I loved everything about that record, really. And you know? uh, some people that tell me the first record they bought was a huge mistake, so I'm glad you <laughs> liked what you got. What, what about the first gig you saw? First gig? Well, that was Bikini Kill, because I really didn't go to shows until high school. That's a great so. band. Dose got to play with, got to open up for them in the Hamburg, oh, Montebello or so. And, uh, yeah, they blew me away. That, My oh. friend's band was opening for them. Um, he was a band called Unabomber. And um, he, you know, we wanted to go support him. But I had no idea what I was in for. It was like... My dad dropped us off at George Washington University at the auditorium, and then we walked in, and it was like, I think it was a fundraiser to help, like, prostitutes that had AIDS, and it was super exciting and enlightening, because it's like, wow, there's, like, so much more than Vienna, Virginia. We also used to go a lot to shows at a place called the Coffa House on U Street in Cordoza. Um, there were there was a great place that had hardcore shows, and we used to go there a lot. Okay. Uh, Bikini Kill, that's, that's, that's a good first gig. Incredible yeah. singer. And... Uh... Drummer too. Uh, they all good. They had a boy, Billy, right? I don't remember. Yeah, they it had was one just boy. A... They, I think they had one. Now they got back together. They're going to do some gigs again, and uh, I think they're all four ladies now. Because in fact, I played a song from the new guitar lady uh, Raul gave me about a month ago. So okay, so your your first performances were probably school things, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, a gig's a gig. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to prorate it or anything like that, right? Whenever you play, you invest in the next time you play. So it's oh, never, it's never cool. wasted. It, it Can I ask you, though, what about after school? Not graduation, but in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. The garage band, the basement band, the a bedroom band. Uh, you know, 
maybe there's not a lot of demand for cello play or did did you make one yeah i mean that didn't happen until like college to be honest you know when i started playing with anthony um and we were just kind of we would jam by the fire i lived in a forest um so i would like start a big bonfire and we would play together and just improvise really um but until before that you know i used to improvise a lot by myself you know it was like a kind of a way to handle like emotions for me and um i usually hit it because i remember in fourth grade my teacher asked me like okay i play the song that you've been practicing for a solo ensemble festival or whatever so i played it you know solo and then at some point i forgot what i was doing and i started improvising and then i was like oh wait i'm just going with it okay it sounds beautiful and then of course at the end she was like that was terrible and she told me how awful it was and i was just like well, almost it's, crying. it's one of the things about that world right they want you to play what's oh. on the page yeah they really want you to in so, fact I've, yeah. I've, I've been with these musicians that are incredible and you ask them to jammers and you know they can't do they know. you know what i mean it's like trying to recite poetry out of air or something you know where yeah i can yeah. read it but I'm not going to make it up. <laughs> but it's so like, I remember in that moment when I, when I made that shift and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go with it. And I was like, this is so beautiful. I was literally like, like tearing up while I was playing. And then when she came at me, I was like, ah, oh, whatever. I think I got, I, I got kind of like more enthusiastic about yeah. it. Well, like a farmer, if he wants a good crop, he uses a lot of manure. So I say, bring it, teach. <laughs> yeah. Which is a great segui because you gave me this music clarity. I think this was a moment of clarity. For mm, yes, definitely.
chunk of music started with Janelle Lepp and, and the ensemble Volcanic Ash and a tune called Clarity which was done live at the Atlas Theater. What was the ensemble Volcanic Ash? Well, it's still a band and it's a band I've been writing for for many years, but um, it's harp, Kim Sater on harp, Anthony Pirog on guitar. Ah. I'm playing cello, um, there was at the time a bassoon player named Amy Frazier, um, but she's up in New York, so she can't make it anymore. And then there, let's see what else. <laughs> I'm like blanking at the site. Uh, Brian Settles is playing tenor, and Sarah Hughes is playing alto. And um, we're going to have Luke Stewart joining this year. I'm super excited about that. I think you just had him, bass player, he just played, yep. he just show. And then. Um, yeah, it's an ensemble that's just like kind of playing chamber music slash jazz. Oh, oh, but did you put it together? Yeah, that's my band. Okay, yep. okay, okay. I, I kind of thought so, but I didn't. My pop said, you know, that word wasn't spelled by accident. You know what I'm talking about, right? When you assume you make the ass out of you and me, he thought that was the most magical fucking thing in the world. Anyway, let's tell the other people what we heard. The, uh, Ron Cop Dewey Collective uh, from Vietnam with Denial and Caves. Uh, this is part A5 of Lagoon Monster Rubber Mask from Bronze Age UFO out of Baltimore. Incredible cassette they just put out. A bunch of parts. And then uh, System 31, 31st part of the Parallel Systems uh, Rambutan Project from Eric Hardiman. Along with him this time is Tom Lent, Mel Mel Melanie O'Dub. Salim, Slani, Slani. I slaughter everybody's fucking language. I'm so sorry. And Mike Griffin. Maybe I got that one right. Uh, Missing Man, brand new. 
two words, people. It ain't my band. It's a song by uh, Ruth Mescala. Uh, I wonder if it's Italian. Mescelli. Uh, I'm from New Orleans. A very uh, brand new wake up fire. Neural outage after that fireworks. It's Soya. Slight reprieve. This is uh, Obama's Prendant. And finally, Mellow Diamond with Stick and Stone. You know, we start with Mellow Diamond. What, what's Mellow Diamond? Um, that's the monogram I was using for my solo stuff. And I've just recently been shifting back to like Janelle Lapine. But um, yeah, it was basically a riff on the fact that I play a Mellotron sometimes, like um, a digital one. And I put that into a diamond delay. Um, so I kind of put those together. Ah, it's a, p- a p- port. Put, there's a word for putting together words. <laughs> that I it's like a gear, a gearhead thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but you have fun with it. And you and you turn and you make it creative. It ain't just shit hoarding gear. I know what you mean about that fetish thing. If I only had the right shit, I could write the perfect song. Oh no. <laughs> no, people, can you believe that? Yeah. Uh, although Charlie Hayden really liked his 200-year-old uh, bass. Oh, man. He came to jam with the Minutemen. He showed it to me. I was like, wow. Whoa. There is something about old wood, huh? Oh, my God. That 56P yeah. bass. And, and you with the cello, right? Uh, well, your P bass, like, it's old, you said? It's it's one year older than me. It's 1956. Oh, nice. So, uh, and there's something about that wood. Even though I like my moon bass, I like my watt plower. It's, there's just something about the older, you know, it needs time. So let's get back into time with you and your music journey. So after, uh, after school, what did you in school? Do you decide I'm going to go to higher education to pursue music? Um. Well, let's see. I mean, I think like I just didn't practice very much when I was in high school, so no one was like, "Oh, you should definitely do this." You know. I mean, I loved it so much. It was really my life, and it kept me out of trouble, and that was amazing you know i knew that <laughs> for sure it did um but i think though in the end it's like my grandfather was just like you know you should do this you should definitely do this i was like all right grandpa you're cool and you're way older than me so i definitely want you know was he a music keep... uh was he a musician no but he just he just loves the arts you know so okay okay I, and he said you know, you know what you, you you seem to me that you could be a professional cellist well, I mean, the trick is that, yeah, what do you do? You go to classical music school, which I kind of like hated everything about it, you know, like just, I mean, I love the music, you know, and I love playing an orchestra, just being like in the middle of all those beautiful instruments, like sure. making vibrations all over your body. It's so amazing. But it, you know, the um, kind of stoicism and like, you know, if you're late, which at the time I was late all the time, so I was always getting yelled at and like, <laughs> I was just like the worst, you know, weirdo with like the nose ring in the front row, you know, like kind of getting looks from just about everybody. But, you know, I I liked that, too, because people thought I was such, um, you know, whatever they wanted to call me because of my appearance. But then I would tell them I play the cello and I would like lift my head up, you know, high, you know, and I loved that, you know, it's like I'm just going to be myself, you know, even though I'm in this orchestra. But um, So you picked the college path to music. And, and yeah, look, and I can at, think and looking it, yeah. back, you think it was a good choice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I love being able to just like, you know, have that um, 
under my fingers, literally in my heart, you know, it's all in there. But, uh, but then also just to like throw it away and like not think about it and not, you know, have to have the same language, you know, when I'm working with somebody who doesn't have that background, we just don't even go into that world at all. You know, we just stay in the music, stay in the moment, you know. Okay, but there's different ways to do music, right? Totally. Now, when you were in college, did you have that kind of parallel universes going? You had the, you know, you did your school stuff <laughs> in the orchestra, but did you have some like crazy ass side band? Well, you, you and Anthony were in the woods. Uh, yeah, we were still in the woods. That was not taking shape until like really I got out of college fully. Um, I was actually touring with someone for a little while, like because I got a gig and I was like, cool, I'm going to do this. And I was singing on stage with her. And like, that was really awesome. But it, it was also like, you know, uh, not the best situation, you know, touring can be really hard, especially when you're a young woman. So I just kind of uh, got out of that and finished college. And then Anthony and I got together and basically started our band Chanel and Anthony. So that was our my first band. But I did play with a lot of people in college, like it was definitely classical. But then, you know, my heart was definitely elsewhere, you know. What do you mean by else? Like, I want to take my cello to other places? Well, I lived for, you know, the gigs and I lived for um, playing with Anthony, you know, and people sure. would be like, hey, will you throw down some cello on this track? Will you, you know, will you like, hey, uh, jump on stage with me at the Black Hats, do this, you know, I, they were just like singer songwriters or bands or something. And I would do that. But, um, <clears throat> you know, it didn't really stick until our band. Right. And you never went back to the violin? Yeah, I have a violin. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I record with it and I play it. Um, well, well, but, is it easy to, to, it's the same uh, intervals and it's just smaller. Right? It's smaller. I think, I think that's why they did that, right? Even the string bass, it made them all the, basically the same <laughs> thing with different sizes. Yeah, I mean, that violin is, you know, it's not as nice as my cello. My cello was given to me by a guy who does acupuncture underneath the Chelsea Hotel back in the day. He gave it to me. And I, I didn't know why he gave it to me. He was you mean so New cool. York City, Chelsea Hotel? Yeah, yeah, yeah my cousin. That's was where the Stooges in. wrote the songs for their first album. Oh, it's such a cool building. Like, I'm so sad. I don't know who bought it. I saw it, it a couple but... years ago. There was a bunch of construction going on around it. Yeah, it's terrible. They threw out all the artwork. It was just laying on they the were, street. They, and they were selling the, the hatches, the doors. Yeah, they were selling everything they could. But I mean, I got to stay there for like about a month or so and wrote a lot of music in there, met a lot of friends and it took pictures, you know, just like and weird cat, art. And the cat just gave you the cello. He walked into Zebulon in Brooklyn when I was playing with Anthony and he literally just like brought it wrapped in a trash bag during a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know what this guy thinks he's doing but i love him because you know, it's happened double. to me it's happened to me janelle really? when, my, oh. when, when my bass got stolen with all the stooges shit i was playing a gig in san diego the casbah and I get done i'm going to the boat and this guy he told me his name was dan can i give you this and it was a 1960 ebo 1965 ebo oh my god yeah because he felt bad about me losing my shit. This is just a beautiful so thing. Yeah, very, people can be very kind. Absolutely. Very kind. So I call it the Dan Bass. I just <laughs> I never saw him again. But what, what a beautiful man. Uh, we're at the end of the first hour, January 27, 2021 edition of Watt Pedro Show. Special guest Janelle Leppin. Hold tight for hour two. July 27, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. Mm -hmm. 
Glasses I pass through soon. 
And watched the white lines rushing past And all around me felt like all inside me And my body left me And my soul went running Have you ever seen King's Cross When the rain is falling soft I came in on the evening bus From Oxford Street I cut across And if the rain don't fall too hard Everything shines just like a postcard Everything goes on just the same Fair weather friends are the hungriest friends I keep my mouth well shut across open hands I wanna see the sun go down From St. Kilda, Esplanade Where the beach needs reconstruction Where the palm trees have it high I give you all of Sydney Harbour All that land and all that water For that one sweet promenade I give you all of Sydney Harbour All that land and all that water
Watford Pedro show. We start off the second hour with Bacianis Brasilias, uh, number five, Arya. This is from uh, Hector Villa Lobos. So it's probably Espanol, huh? Uh, Sister Mir is the name of the proj. And uh, Arya, right? So, so it's some uh, opera. And then we had a, ba- a Backstreet Bingo. I, I found a seven inch in the boat someone gave me on tour. And pretty trippy tune. Thank you. Sorry, a little delay, maybe five years. No, well, Mr. Well said, right, no wine before it's time. So it wasn't on purpose, guys. Uh, Marissa Nadler after that. This is from you. Uh, for, for, for my crimes. Maybe not the happiest tune. Uh, or maybe it is. Get the, the weight off the shoulder. Uh, Luca Sabella from uh, Sydney after with Mold Jar. That's an image. Uh, uh, Paul Kelly with uh, from St. Kilda to King's Cross. St. Kilda, I think that's uh, Perth, right? Part of St. Perth. King's Cross somewhere in London. I don't know. Ask Paul Kelly. Uh, the Heart Sutra. This was uh, arranged by you, Janelle. And uh, Susan Alcorn. So uh, this is important, you know, because I think a lot of classical musicians aren't really encouraged to compose. No. Right? they, they got to be the cogs. Yep. For the Cogmeister. Actually, I, can, I, can I relate to your experience? I, I haven't seen a lot of gigs, but at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion, Mike Preusner took me to see uh, Pierre Boulet conduct the uh, L.A. Philharmonic. And, man, I mean, 60 people up there or whatever, 50, and very good playing. But it was kind of not together. And, they, and you could see him fighting to get their will. And then when they gave in to him... Not like a slave or anything, but just, you know, you can man the rudder. God, because Mike got me way down. You know, there was two empty seats in the front row and he bum rushed because he's balls mm. out, you know. And <laughs> I went with him and I didn't know the etiquette, right? I, I know more about pits. <laughs> and so, but I went down there and I and I, I could feel it, man. I And it was a magical mandarin. It was a Mr. Bartok piece where they flipped their fucking uh, violins over and started playing the back of the necks with their bows. Some tippy tap. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. There's something about the more modern uh, classics, which is oxymoron, right? But but there's something about the cog thing. But but like this piece here, you arranged. So so how'd you? My point is, how'd you get into this? Even though you were being cultivated for another world, maybe um, going to hardcore shows so you bikini kill. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, like everyone's talking about, oh, you can do this, you can do this. Like you asked me like three times, so did you? Is this when you started a band? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it took me forever because I think I was just like I had one one foot in one world and the other, and slowly they were really separating so much. Um, there, but, it wasn't. But, but you know, that's kind of funny because is it music? Music. Yeah, it is. I I'm 100 with you on that. I mean, it's like it's just that the worlds are different. Yeah, you know yeah, what I, mean? I understand because humans yeah, I mean, are involved. <laughs> I mean, yes, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the only. <laughs> you know, nature, <laughs> nature. She makes her music, and it, it gets on fine. She don't have to label it and shit. Right? Oh my God, no! But I mean, when you asked me about my first musical experience, I thought, yeah. I mean, I want to talk about sitting in my, my backyard because that's all I did when I was young. We really didn't listen to music. So it's not that I didn't like it. It's not that I didn't. I just even know about it until I found like a record of my parents. And then I was like Black Sabbath. And I was like, all right, uh, it's on, you know. But in terms of uh, 
Well, you know, I was born in Virginia too, and I remember oh. fireflies and crab apples and honeysuckle, and also oh. freeze the winter, sweaty summers. <laughs> I'm spoiled here, in Pedro. But you know, I see it on tour and stuff like that. But th there is, there is a natural music, mm -hmm. a, a trippy thing. But but when, like this arrangement, I mean, how did this come about? Were yeah. you asked to do it, or did you foist? Yeah, I was asked to do that uh, by Susan. Um, I'm friends with her. I don't know if you know her, but she's wonderful pedal steel player. I mean, uh, legendary. I mean, I have known that since I first saw her. I was like, okay, she's like going to be so important. I mean, once people find her, you know, and thank God that's beginning to happen because she's just been toiling and toiling all by herself, like for many years. And now finally, like she's getting major calls and stuff and it's great. But, um, you know, anyway, we met in Baltimore cause I got, we both got asked to play in the, uh, high zero, um, festival. I don't know if you've heard of this experimental festival there. I was like the first DC player to ever be asked to come down there because Baltimore and DC have a weird rivalry of some kind. Oh, yeah, 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 I know about that. <laughs> that's an evening out, which is nice. It's like, this is a small role, guys. Like, there's no time for this shit. But anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> we were just like, okay, you're awesome. Um, I want to be best friends. And we really, like, hung out a lot. And so, you know, over the years, we've recorded things. Um, and uh, for, like, Ideologic Organ, um, and we've done things, but, I mean, together that wasn't recorded professionally, but then we actually, you know, had, she had this residency at Issue Project Room, and so she said, Janelle, you know my music more than anyone, I really would love it if you could just arrange this for an ensemble and with like you know i was living in seattle at the time i was working with randall dunn a lot i don't know if you know who that is but um or if you've heard of him but he's like a producer and um mixing engineer who's like really sonically like brilliant but also just like a beautiful person and um anyway i was out there kind of working with him on some of his projects he called me in for and uh the time I was all alone anthony was on the east coast and i was on the west coast um you know we were doing the long distance thing and i was just sitting at a piano all the time just listening about pedal steel because it's real close voicings the pedal steel and i had been studying with her off and on on the pedal steel to kind of like learn new things i love to learn new instruments pedal steel has so many fucking possibilities yes god you know what i mean uh, nels klein was hipping me to the shit it ain't a lap steel man it's it's a whole world i got to meet yeah. sneaky pete uh, oh, wow. Yeah, he was at Cherokee when I was doing my wrestling record 25 years ago. Look, here's a trippy piece of music you gave me. Some project called Priests. Uh-huh.
Show started that chunk of music off with priests doing ice cream, and then uh, Thomas DeMuzio had him on the show a couple weeks ago. Incredible cat, what's going on? Uh, uh right, uh, Mar Mr. Marvin, Ga uh, Mr. Fucking James Jamerson uh, recorded that on his back, right? F first take, I think. Man, all his bass guys owe oh, that man. Tom Retchian after that with the mesmerized chair. Uh, was talking with uh, Rick Potts. He was on the show Saturday. And Tom Ritchie on uh, Connect. Great cat. And Laughing Man. This is another project you gave me, Janelle. Brilliant mm -hmm. Colors. So, 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 so hip us to Laughing Man and Priest. It's so much different than the other music you gave me. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening to all this. Uh, it's so cool that you do this show. I don't know what to say. It's super amazing. Um, but yeah, uh, Priest is a band from D.C., Laughing Man is a band from D.C., and um, Laughing Man is like Luke Stewart, and um, also Brandon Moses heads up that um, band. Uh, Luke Stewart, the basement. Yeah, yeah. We've been buds for so long, you know, and they got me involved in that. So Anthony's on there, too. You can hear his guitar solo, but they were fun to play with. And, uh, well, what's the difference? Um, they're, they're two different crews, right? Yeah, Priest is, like, I was playing bass. I was, like, standing in for Taylor Moss. So you can play bass guitar, you can play piano. You're not just cello and violin. Uh, I can't, man. I just, it actually, you know, to be honest, that classical music stuff kind of fucked me up physically. Like, I really hurt myself in college. Like, te you know, the tendonitis and oh. all that. When I, when I bounce from instrument to instrument, it actually really helps me stay creative. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got to tell you, my joints have been in better shape. 
Uh, cut sugar and salt out of your diet. I haven't what? used fucking ibuprofen for three, four years, and aspirin more than a year. And I've been playing. I record every fucking day, you know, because of the situation and stuff. And, wow. uh, you know, 63 years old. I think a lot of it, I think you have to, uh, as as you go through the journey, you have to change. And maybe change, and like you say, change the actual instrument even. But to try to stay with one technique or somebody else giving you an idea, and if it's hurting you, your body's telling you, man, something's wrong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean to get all preachy ass and shit. No, I love it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. When I hear about another musician hurting because of the playing, you know, I've been there and stuff, and my heart goes out because... Yeah. You know, there's other reasons to stop you from playing, like somebody's boot on your throat. But I like to have hurts in your joints. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's the tendons. You know, they right, get right. No. Joe Biza get... had two surgeries for that, and they didn't fucking work. Oh, no. They say surgery, the last resort, man. Oh, yeah, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, they yeah. definitely wanted to. They wanted to, and I was like, I know, call. well, because it's kind of business, too, right? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same with the medicines and the pills and shit. Uh, in college, what'd you say, actually, Janelle? You know, in college, they actually, uh, you know, they wanted to do that. And I was like, no, no, no. I, you know, I noticed when I walk around, I feel a lot better. And I was like, wait a minute. Maybe, like, movement is going to help me. So I started oh, to dance. I took Agrocube and I took Modern. All that shit helped me. Like, Yeah, all- yeah. Same thing well, with, like, real easy yoga moves for me. Just, just the idea of being flexible. Yeah, exactly. Anything was better than just like sawing away and practice. <laughs> I mean, there's something about practice, Mr. Coltrane could tell us, but there's something about keeping your body limber. We're at the yeah. end of the second hour, July 27, 2021 edition, Wap Pedro Show, special guest, Janelle Lapine. Lapine? <laughs> we get it, people. Hold <laughs> time for hour three. July 27, 2021, it's the third hour of the Wap Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off third hour. Janelle and Anthony with uh, uh, Venetian Life. Venetian. Not Venice, but from Vienna. Yeah. <laughs> I butcher that language too. German, <laughs> Italian, everything. Fuck, I'm so sorry, people. That's too good life. And then we had If Bawana, Brother uh, Al Margolis, with Living in Harmony, which is a name of a fucking. This record, he named some of the tunes after. Uh, you can't copyright title, people. After some prisoner episodes. The, oh, one of the only TV shows why I ever liked was The Prisoner. One season. Carl 2000 after that with We'll Meet Again. And finally, Janelle and Anthony again with Leaving the Woods. Leaving the Woods, even though it started in the woods, right? Yes. Right. What was the first uh, Janelle and Anthony gig? Um, you know, I can tell you. It was at Sangha, which is a really beautiful spot in Tacoma Park, Maryland. Oh, okay. And uh, how'd it go? Uh, it was amazing. It was really memorable. And we kept going from there, just chugging right along. Wow. Okay. Okay. So there's something about, yeah, it's not just joke, uh, notes and rhythms. There's something about a persona and a, a, even a kind of trippy, or not trippy, a sense of spirit. Yeah. I mean, when you're not like, when you're not woman alone doing your music, when you're in an ensemble or even just a duet. Mm. Right. So that kind of communi communication. So I'm, I'm interested when you guys compose, who goes first? Yeah, that just depends on the idea, you know. But both of us have, you know, let's see, maybe in the beginning we were just bringing ideas to each other. Um, and in the beginning, Anthony was more actively doing that. We have... Um, you know, the first record, which I didn't give you anything from, that one was like our first time playing, right? So, you know, really recording. So that was mainly Anthony giving, bringing ideas to me. And then on the second one, like Leaving Woods, that was the first song I ever wrote. So wow. um, that's why I do that one. And that was exciting because Anthony literally was like, I'm going to Starbucks and I'm going to get a coffee real quick. And he was like, why don't you write a song? If I don't, if I don't get back, if I get back, you haven't written a song. I'm going to be really upset. Because I like could not get myself to do it for some reason. I was just like, well, stuck. I think it was the musical cu culture you were totally in, right? They don't they don't promote that shit. No, I mean you're right, and so I did it, and I was very proud. And forever after that was the first song. So, yeah. wow. but if we always like we bounce off of each other. It's so free flow, and at this point, we'll compose on the spot. You know, at shows we're improvising, but we're really like writing together because. Some of them become songs later, and we're just so telepathic. We've been playing for so many years together. You know, it's really special. Like osmosis, me and Dee Boone. So, so do you use something like like your leash voice memo thing to put little melodies? Oh yeah. What's part? Uh, that's part of your co uh, composition process. You don't do it on paper, or do you? I mean, sometimes if if it's like tricky mathematically, yeah. it's like I have this line up, or you know, I gotta figure out some weird fingering or something. But for the most part, yeah, you just like do it into a voicemail. Well, well, you know, Anthony plays with Brandon, right, and uh, very capable with the fucking math rock, probably. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Very. Yes. So, so, does he challenge you with that kind of thing? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I mean, tell both... people John Coltrane never played in seven or fucking twelve. <laughs> Well, 12's not that bad. That's a kind of weird three. But uh, like nine and five. I mean, and some guys, you, you could tell they were born 
if they were taught it, they grew up with it, right? That that uh, Balkan stuff. Oh my God, right. it's kind of yeah. umpa, but it's Turkish. <laughs> it's beautiful. It I mean, really but, is. It really is. But uh, the rhythmic thing, do you find it challenging? Well, I just I enjoy that stuff um, definitely. It's um, you know you just like twist it around in your brain until you get it right. I mean, well, I'm a bass player, so I feel really responsible to get in there with the drummer. So when I get fucking challenged like that, oh my god, um, okay. um, yeah, a little drama for what? Because it's it's like man, I can't feel it, and they're looking at you like, <laughs> don't you, can't you get this? Oh. <laughs> then I think of oh, you know the easiest five song. Well, fucking take five, right? But also money, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I want to play uh, Woven This Way.
the bus. I don't know if you do. Sometimes I take those cars, the flying kind or the semi-automatic kind. I hope you know that driverless cars are not considered robots. It's a whole to-do, but they are not robots. They are more automatons. They require a little bit more force and effort. I just wanted you to know, in case you think a driverless car is a robot. But I was on the bus, and uh, I drove past a house I grew up in. But I couldn't recognize it anymore. And I sat next to a woman, and she said, this whole neighborhood has changed. She said, before they're all under water. I said, why Rome? She said, did you know, in Rome they kept the Colosseum. What I like about them is that they kept the old buildings. And what I like about it is that I don't even know the house I grew up in. The condos and the boutiques grew up over my mother's garden. Tell 
This is the final word of the President of the United States of the Sophomores. metric of what resilience is. Is resilience about bouncing back or is it as much damage as I can keep on me while I walk? I took boxing once. You might, I don't look like a fighter, but I promise you I took boxing once. And uh, coach said damage is not the hurt. Damage is what you do to keep going. And I said, I don't really get it. And he said, well, you get in the ring and you'll find out. Damage is, damage is done. The hurt, the hurt, you keep that out of the ring, baby. You keep that out of the ring, cause I wanna be.
Life for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Again, the Ensemble Volcanic Ash. Like what we began the show. More pert here. Uh, this is, uh, and this is live too, but it's a different pad. This is at Comet Ping Pong. And a tune called Woven This Way. And then we had Derek Monipenny with uh, Peace Be Upon You. And then finally, Orin Mbarchi. Knots. Audience of one. And this is an excerpt. Now, I had him on the show last week, and he played me another form of the knots. He's an incredible cat. He's, uh, he just moved to Berlin. But I've, I found out that uh, he was uh, suggested by Andrea at Belfi, uh, the original Sonia de Marinaio drummer, man. And he's connected with all kinds of musicians. And then I find you are too. What's the connect with Orin? Um, Randall Dunn, the guy I was telling you about sure. earlier. Yeah, and he's over in New York now, so I'm really excited. I'm like working on a solo album with him right now. So, I mean, before COVID times, and we're about to reconvene, but it's like <clears throat> he was working on a record with him at um, a vast studio um, in Seattle. And yeah, he just like called me in and he, he used to call me for all kinds of things like sub pop records. You know, there's a band called um, Rose Windows that I played on. It was like psychedelic. We had flute and like heavy, heavy guitars. We like toured. It was so beautiful. It was super fun to play that, you know, and also um, the string player who was uh, arranging, you know, some of the stuff on that, um, on knots. He's also affiliated with Randall is at even King. And he's like such an amazing musician. Um, he, the first guy who what, got me. What's he got? Uh, he's got his own project called Golden or something. Golden. Um, are you talking about? Is this something? Evie Kane? Yeah, Avon Kane. Yeah. Oh, Avon. Yeah. Because I've had a guy on the show, Ev, E-V, but they, they it's, maybe it's short for Evan. Okay. Oh. Similar name. Mm. Similar name. Okay. Different. Oh, name. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know the good thing about Alzheimer's is like you're always <laughs> meeting new people. <laughs> you always hear new bands. <laughs> I shouldn't make a joke. That's a bullshit disease. I hate it. You know, it's oh. up there with cancer. It's a nightmare. But uh, my memory sometimes, forgive me, forgive me. But okay, okay. So Orin through Randall. Well, that's the thing about music too. You know, this this idea of, of people making connects, you know, like Anthony getting you on the show here and Anthony actually coming over from, uh, I don't know, maybe Evan uh, Lipson or somebody uh, recommended. Uh, you, know, I've, you know, I've been doing five shows a week since November. So I've had over 200 guests. Wow. And uh, but it's bitching, you know, a lot of these cats I would have never met. Yeah, that's cool. You know what I mean? And and so, yeah, there's some people ask me about the old days. They say it was about people. I think the new days are about people, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So in an email to me, you said you and Anthony are moving. Yeah, um, we are. Uh, we're going to be in Virginia or DMV somewhere, and we we're just taking like a little residency. So we've been writing, 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 and working, 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 and you know, got to go back to our music family, obviously. Right. It was. We said. I said a year. So that it's a, yeah coming up what, to what, it. What's the word? Time's up. <laughs> Time's up, baby. <laughs> right, but. Uh, yeah, you gotta get things done and stuff, and uh, yeah, right, right, right. So, you were apologizing for not having the music ready and stuff, but I, I can understand a moves are they're, they're heavy things, but yeah. I'm glad you're that flexible enough and stuff. So, your next music plans, well, um, yeah, I've got a residency at Rhizome, right, right. um, 
the last Friday of every of, of each month from September through December, I'm doing an event with Ensemble Volcanic Ash, which I'm writing new music for. Oh, great! So maybe new recordings. Yeah, the, you're going to record that stuff, but at the end, we're going to go and work with Randall Dunn at the studio that he wants to work at and sure. um, do a live record to tape. So really excited about that. Yeah. And, um, other than that, we, Anthony and I have like a 10th year anniversary double LP. We're like basically releasing with Cuneiform Records. But, um, we're just like, kind oh, of wow. Yeah, I know that yeah. cat, Steven. Yeah, Steve. I had some of his bands on the on the show. Oh, cool. And he, he, really good people. He put out the, uh, Henry Kaiser uh, had me do it, uh, which I didn't want to do, and Henry talked me into it, but I'm glad I did. I still haven't had the balls to listen to it. John Coltrane's uh, Two Sweets, right? Love Supreme Meditations. Wow, wow, and, uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, fuck, man. Talk about shit in a pecan log. <laughs> I'm still glad, but that's so great. Uh, I can't wait. When you guys, will you both come back on the show when that comes out? Oh, that would be awesome. Thank you. Okay, beautiful. Thanks so much, Chanel, for being on the show. Thank you. Keep on keeping on, please, you and Anthony. People, it's been July 27, 2021. Edition Wap Pedro. She'll keep your powder dry.